Lord, every time we hear your word, and just pray that you would help us to hear it fresh and anew, that you would help us to hear it maybe like for the first time in some senses, is that, Lord, there's always something in your word that is impactful, something that you highlight, that you bring to the surface. And I know that what you'll do too, even as I preach, I'll be speaking and you'll spark something in someone that will lead them to truths that I'm not even saying. But just because you're at work, you're going to open up the truth and the reality of your word to us. And so God, I'm thankful for that and just pray for your word to go forth and to produce the fruit that you desire. We're just grateful. Amen. Amen. So if, if I were to say to you, Jesus saves, what comes to your mind? This is a real question. So I'm asking you to respond. Well, you know, sometimes there's rhetorical questions and you just say it and then you jump into what, what you're, you're talking about. But this is a real one. So if I say, Jesus saves, because you see the sign somewhere, you know, you see it on missions, you see it on billboards, you see all this stuff, Jesus saves. When you hear that, what comes to mind? And it's not a trick question. I'm not going to go, ah, you said it wrong and all that kind of stuff. What comes to your mind? Transform lives, okay. Wholeness, okay. Redemption, well, lots of good stuff. Wholeness, I love it. Transform lives. <laughs> Discovering how loved you are. I'm loved. Salvation. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, eternal life, yeah. Hey, no, I'm listening. I got ears to hear, so I'm listening. But I'm, I'm just thinking most people would just say, Jesus saves, and that means salvation. He saves me from sin, and someday I'll go to heaven. But there's a broader context, and here's, here's the thing. Would your... Would your concept, and some of these things that you said would include some of these, but, but would your concept of Jesus saves involve being saved from demons, demonic powers, being saved from sickness, being saved from death, being saved from a sinking ship, <laughs> being saved as you start to sink in the water after you've walked on it? Not that we're going to probably do that because Jesus isn't around saying walk. Um, he says, Lord, if you want me to. And he said, come on. So Peter seems to be the one who gets to do that. And who knows if there's a reason he might have us do it. But I want to say that that I, I want us to expand on our understanding of what the word save means in the scripture. This I'm going to give you real nice scriptures all about this. But so Jesus saves us from sin, the power of Satan, 
the power of sickness, the power of death, in life-threatening situations from every bondage and from the wrath of God. So Jesus saves. And, and so what I want to do is reinforce that truth in your hearts because I know many of us understand this. But what we do is we hear the word. The more we hear it, the more it impacts us, the more it begins to sink down into our hearts. And I, I was thinking about this. I was going to actually say, I want this stuff to be so second nature to us, but I don't want it to be second nature. I want it to be first nature. <laughs> I want it to be a part of us. This, that's what God says too. You know, like I placed your word in my heart that the word dwells in us and lives in us and abides in us and that Jesus himself by his spirit is, is living in our lives and giving us that understanding. So, so I'm going to read some scriptures and this is all I'm doing is reading from chapter 7 and chapter 8 of the book of Luke. And we're going to see four different ways that that word salvation is used, saved is used. So there's a word that you've probably heard uh, sometime or another called sozo. And if you're familiar with like Bethel Church, it's even what they call a ministry area that they have. Uh, but the word sozo is, is very broad and, and brings in a whole bunch of different things. And so that's what I want to do is I want to look at the scripture. There's going to be four different times this word sozo is used to explain what Jesus did. So let's start in Luke chapter 7, and then we'll go uh, verses 36. We'll start there. Now one of the Pharisees requested that Jesus dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. Ah, look at that. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is to be touching him, that she is a sinner. And I always wondered how he knew. You ever thought about that? How does he know who this lady is? She's walking in. How does he know she's a sinner? How does he know what's going on in her life? And so Jesus answered Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. He said, a moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them would love him more? And Simon answered, well, I suppose the one who forgave more. He said to him, you have judged correctly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. 
and you gave me no water for my feet just to cleanse his feet but this but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair you gave me no kiss which is just a form of greeting in the culture where you would greet them with a kiss it says that to do that in the bible doesn't it you know and we go ooh, no handshake um, other cultures obviously even even now you know like you see people greet with a kiss you know like maybe the french will kiss or the some some do two some do three depends what culture you're in but that's how they greet one another says you gave me no kiss but since the time i came in has not she has not ceased to kiss my feet you did not anoint my head with oil but she anointed my feet with perfume and for this reason i say to you her sins which are many have been forgiven for she loved much but he who forgives little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Then those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. There's that word sozo. Your faith has sozoed you or saved you. And that word for uh, sozo, it means to save, to deliver, to protect and keep. And so there's this whole idea of this concept. And so what Jesus is telling her, your sins are forgiven. And so this is a case where where the word has to do with spiritual aspects of our lives, our sins being forgiven, us being cleansed. Probably the most common form of understanding of the word salvation or sozo is, is that of being saved from, from sin. So now we're saved and we're, we're with the Lord and, and he's taken care of our sins and they're gone and we're cleansed and washed and freed. So there's that whole concept there that goes. And so that's one aspect of salvation and the forgiveness of sin, I think, is the most incredible, incredible thing ever. And if if you remember what Matthew 121 said, you know, this is when the angel was talking to Mary, when she was telling that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and that she'd give birth to Jesus. And here's here's what he said. You're gonna call his name Jesus, right? because he came to he's coming to save his people from their sins so obviously a salvation has to do with with that aspect of our lives being cleansed and forgiven and being freed from all guilt and condemnation now you know condemnation i'm just going to say this this is free it's all free actually uh, but, you know, I don't know why we say that, but this is, in other words, this is a little side thought. A lot of times, a lot of times we th when we think of condemnation, we think of feelings and emotions. I feel condemned. I feel something over me. 
But the idea of condemnation, that word condemnation is a legal term that says you're guilty and that there's a penalty for the sin that you have actually done. And there's this condemnation that's, that's over you. And it might not be fulfilled. You know, it's kind of like a person who might be on death row. You know, they say, here's, here's you're, you're going to die by lethal injection or whatever it might be. And they're sitting on death row and they're waiting and they're condemned. And it hasn't been fulfilled. So condemnation, when Jesus comes and he forgives us and he cleanses us from sin, every legal thing against us, everything we've ever done that was held against us because we've sinned against God or we've sinned against other people, every one of those things has been wiped away. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation hanging over. There's no judgment. There's no fear of God coming with his wrath and judgment upon us because we've been set free through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been, what the scripture says, we've been actually made, we've been justified, which means with absolutely without sin where there's not one thing that God holds against us because of the blood of Jesus and so there's this free freedom in, that comes from from sin and the cleansing that comes from it and of course you know there's the passage that talks about in first John that if we do sin against the Lord after we've come to him that we can come and receive cleansing we can be washed by his blood cleansed again afresh and anew. So there's this idea. So then let's go over to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read actually three different stories that are just one after another in the book of Luke here, the gospel. We're going to start in verse 26. Then they, which is all of the disciples and Jesus, sailed to the country of the Gerizines, which is opposite of Galilee. And when they came out unto land, he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in a house but in the tombs. Seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard, yet he would, he would break his bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. And Jesus asked him, what's your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him, and they were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. Well, now there was a herd of many swine feeding there 
on the mountains, and the demons implored him to permit them to enter the swine, and he gave them permission. The demons came out of the man, entered the swine, the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and they reported it into the city and out in the country. Now I think this is a this is a people magnet situation. You know, you see it like you've seen it. All of a sudden an accident takes place, there's lights, people start gathering what's going on, what's happening, and trying to figure out what's going on. Well, this is people, can you imagine? Because this herd of swine, so it's got to be people from the whole surrounding area because there's very few people who would have that many, you know, that wasn't like really like a king or some really very, very rich person. So all these people come running and they're going to check out what's happening. And so here's what it says in verse 35. The people came out to see what, what, what had happened. And they came to Jesus and they found the man whom had the demons had gone out of sitting down at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind and they became frightened. That'd scare you spitless, wouldn't it almost? I think, wahoo, you know, I'm, I'm for it. But these guys are going, what in the world took place here? We know this guy. Everyone in the region knows this guy. He's the guy, he's just running around. Every single person knows who he is. Every single person knows what he's done. The story goes around and around and around in these little, little towns and cities and stuff that are going on. They know what's happening. And so they come and they see this guy who has been naked and cutting himself and breaking shackles and doing these things. And he's sitting there absolutely sound-minded. And they are blown away, which who wouldn't be? But you know, sometimes when the supernatural starts happening, we go, we get a little nervous. These guys were nervous. They said, go away. They're just pushing Jesus away, the one who set this man free. It's just amazing to me. And it says in verse 36, those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. Made well is sozo. Been healed, delivered, rescued, saved. And so Jesus saved him from demonic power. That's part of his salvation. He's a, he's a full-orbed <laughs> savior. He's not just a savior of our spirits. He's not just a savior of of our souls. He's a savior of every aspect of our life. Every single thing that that has to do with us, he's interested in and wants to bring his freedom. In verse 37 says, all the people, the country, the Gerizim, surrounding districts, asked him to leave them, for they were gripped with great fear. So he got in a boat and he returned. But the man whom the demons had gone out of, was begging him that he might accompany him. Now, wouldn't that be true? Wouldn't you want to follow someone who set you free? Wouldn't you want to give your life? I mean, if you were as bound as this man, 
and, and just lived the way that he lived and the things that were oppressing him and pressing in on him. And then all of a sudden he gets this incredible freedom, this wholeness, this transformation, this salvation from Jesus saving him from demonic powers. Wouldn't that just, that's where your heart would be. I want to follow you. I want to be with you because what for what you've done for me. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. Everywhere this guy walked in those, you know, the, there's 10 cities in that region that's that were kind of grouped together. And so everywhere he went, where men used to just look at him and freak out and just want to run away because he's crazy or they wanted to grab him and lock him up so they felt would feel secure. Now here's this guy walking around and he's telling everyone of the good news of how Jesus Christ set him free and delivered him. And they have visual proof right before their eyes because they saw the before and they see the after. And so Jesus' power being released and it says, so he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. He wasn't about to keep silent when Jesus did such a good thing. But now here's the second aspect of this idea of Jesus saving. Jesus had power over all the work of the enemy. He had power over all the work of the enemy. And he exerted that. You know, we could read multiple scriptures that just give an overview of Jesus' ministry. And really what it is, it says he went everywhere he went. He healed the sick, cast out devils, preached the good news. Those are the main three things that he did. Preach the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what it says and the good news of the freedom that comes from God's kingdom. And so he went and exerted that, those, uh, the authority of heaven, God's kingdom. When Jesus says God's kingdom has come to the earth, he's saying right now the power of God is available to heal, to set free from demonic power, to save your soul, to do all these things. So there's... There's a powerful, powerful thing that, that's taking place here. So Jesus had all authority, and he used it to heal people, to set them free, to save them, because that's what he came to do. That's what he came to do. Now we need to just keep reading, and uh, we're going to run into two more opportunities to understand this word sozo, or salvation. And so this one, let's see, where am I? Oh, I got to go to chapter 8. I was looking in 7. I'm going, this doesn't seem right. So they sailed over. They went there, the herdsmen. I got to find out where I'm at. I'm sorry. Yep, thank you. Just found it. <laughs> and as Jesus returned, now he's just leaving from this man getting set free. 
And as Jesus returned, the people welcomed him because they'd been waiting for him. Everybody was waiting for Jesus. They're always following him around, trying to find out where he was, hunting him down. And these guys are waiting. I hope he comes back. I can't wait till he comes back. And so it says, And there came a man named Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet. He began to implore him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his coat, and immediately the hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who's the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. That's the word dunamis. We'll talk about that in a second if I remember. Well, that's how it goes. You get going. It says, when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling, fell down before him, and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has sozoed you, healed you delivered you, freed you, rescued you from sickness. So this idea that Jesus rescues from sin, he rescues from demonic powers, he rescues from sickness and disease that's inflicting our body because these things are not of God. Sickness is part of the curse. It's part of the fall. It's never a part of God's redemptive plan. People who are sick might turn to the Lord, but it's not the Lord's plan to place a sickness on you. It's the enemy. And that's how Jesus faced every single solitary sickness that he came in contact with. He healed people. And so he says, your faith has saved you or made you well. And so there's this idea of healing where Jesus wants to heal our bodies because he's our healer that's his heart that's who he is you know so many times the scripture talks about jesus having compassion and it talks about him you know he came off the boat one time and and the people were were they ran around the lake they actually traveled around the lake because they were traveling on a boat and they came to the other side and they were following him and jesus looked at him and says he had compassion on them because they were they, he saw that they were oppressed. All these things coming upon him. And he had come to be a savior. He had come to destroy the works of the enemy. And so that's why Jesus so often just healed all who were sick. And it talks about it in so many different ways. It says he healed all who were sick or he healed many. And the idea between many means, well, didn't he heal them all? Many means a whole bunch. In other words, it's saying, they're trying to say the amount of people was huge. Many 
not just one or two or three or four, because they're trying to give an overview of his ministry. So he healed all who came to him, and all who came to him were many. There was bunches of people who came and received healing at the, at the hand of Jesus through him speaking to them, through him lay, laying hands on them. However it came about, they were healed because of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the healer. That's his heart. And that's the Father's heart because he only does what he sees the Father doing. So here's another aside. If you struggle with the Father, some people do that. You know, they go, I love Jesus, man. I'm just crazy about Jesus. He's awesome. But we struggle with the Father. I just want to say that everything Jesus did came through the Father. Every single thing. So when you see Jesus, you see the Father. So if you struggle in your mind with that, I just want you to try to, to balance that out, that, that God is the motive and the directive behind everything that Jesus did. He limited himself to what the Father said and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you see Jesus, you see the Father. And so if you can love Jesus, then there needs to be a freeing and a releasing. There needs to be some salvation flowing in that region of your life to break that stuff off so that you can have a proper view of the Father who loves you and who's given his Son for you and who's directed all this healing and deliverance and freedom that's coming about. And so Jesus saves from sickness. But we're not done, are we? We've got to keep reading for a little while longer. In verse 49, it says, While he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official, saying, Your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. And for most of us, that would be it. We'd say, Yep, she's dead. I was hoping Jesus would get there. I, if, if she's alive, there's a chance. That's kind of the thoughts that we might have. But Jesus was not only that, he, was the raise, he could raise people from the dead. And not that they knew that. I don't know if he knew this because it would really depend. You know, We don't know how many people he raised from the dead. We've seen different ones in the scripture that talk about him raising people from the dead. And we can assume that he probably did it in other cases. You know, He, he raised uh, the widow's son. Um, so he did that. He raised Lazarus, but that was towards the very end of his ministry. So they wouldn't have even known about Lazarus because that was the, the, you know, right before he was coming in for the Passion Week and all those things. So, so it says, don't trouble him anymore. She's dead. It's over. It's finished. It was a good try. I'm glad that you were able to get him, but now it's finished. And then Jesus said this, but when Jesus heard this, he answered him, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe, and she will be sozoed, be made well. She will be delivered. She will be rescued. She will be protected from death. Because Jesus, I'm, I'm going there. And of course, Jesus kept walking. He didn't let that stop him. And it says in verse 51, when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except for Peter and John and James and the girl's father and mother. 
And now they were all weeping and lamenting for her. But he said, Stop weeping, for she has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. And other, another thing of this scripture says they were mocking him because of him saying this. You fool, don't you know she's dead? D-E-A-D. I don't know how you spell dead in uh, Hebrew, but they, <laughs> but they were saying that. And he said, <clears throat> all right, yeah, thank you. However, he took the child by the hand saying, child, arise. Sometimes I just get it going, don't I? Hmm. Uh, I should keep my finger there. I keep trying to do that, but then you lift up your hand and you mess everything up. And, <laughs> and her sight uh, her spirit returned, her spirit returned. So isn't that interesting? So there, there you go again. The spirit left the body, the body was dead, but Jesus called the spirit back and she got up immediately and he gave orders to give her something to eat because she was sick, she probably wasn't eating. He says, take care of her physical needs. Her parents were amazed and he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. So now in these verses, we see that, that the word sozo, that idea of Jesus as Savior, he came to save those who are sinners, who need to be forgiven and cleansed. And so he came to save sinners. That, he said that himself. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And he came to, to save sinners and bring them into a relationship with God. And then he came to save people from the power of hell, the demonic power. You know, Jesus, when he came to this earth, it was an invasion. It was an invasion. He was bringing God's rule to an unruly world that had been off kilter since the fall. You know, the fall really messed everything up. I'm telling you, we can't, I, we can't even begin to understand the depth of stuff that's happened because of the fall of man because of adam's fall we can't even begin to understand it because it's hard for us to understand anything different than what we've experienced isn't that true in your own life you never knew what true freedom was until you got free in an area then you go wow i'm free i didn't know i was this bound wow this is different until we see it and actually experience it it's hard for us to understand how things truly were but we know from descriptions in the word of god that all of creation was affected by the fall all of creation is groaning all of us are are impacted by that through generation after generation of sin and there's way more there's good stuff that god has he's going to save us in the end and give us new bodies he's going to give us a new heaven he's going to give us a new earth and there's all things will become new. And then that is going to be wonderful. But in the meantime, we have to do some business. We have to deal with these things like Jesus did. So he came to save us from demonic powers. He came to save us from, from sickness and disease. He came to save us from death, actually. And sickness is a kind of a form of death. And, you know, there's some things that aren't terminal. 
but there are some things if he doesn't heal, it will bring death. And so when he heals, it brings life. Well, I want to say this too now. Now I'm going to switch to us. I'm going to switch to us because we've been focusing on Jesus as being Savior. But one of the things is, is that when Jesus left, he commissioned the church, which is everyone who believes on his name, everyone who's come to know him. He's commissioned to the church to go into the, all the earth and make disciples. And he said to teach them the things that I've said and done, and that as the church, we're the representatives of Jesus. We're the representatives. We're his body on this earth. And so where he went around doing good and destroying the works of the devil, he calls us into that very same ministry. We are Jesus' representatives. And I'm going to read a, just a couple of different uh, passages of Scripture that Everyone in the room probably has heard at one time or another, and if you've been here for a long time, guess what? You've heard them like over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because it's the truth. And we have to get this in our hearts that God's called us to be his representatives, to stand in his power and his authority and touch the life, uh, lives of people and free them from the very same things that Jesus had. We don't do it in our own power. We don't do it in our own strength, our own godliness. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, dwells in us, and empowers us to do the works. Jesus said it so clearly, greater works than these shall you do. And we have to press into those and believe those because there's so many things that can rip us off in unbelief and doubt and, and struggling with the things, especially if we're dealing with areas in our life where we're feeling demonic oppression or we're feeling sickness and disease, where we're feeling things that are pressing us down. It's hard for some of us to break through. But let me tell you, the ones who Jesus healed, they knew and experienced the freedom that's available through the kingdom of heaven. So let's go to Luke chapter 10. And uh, we're only going to look at, we're going to skip through some verses, but I want us to get this so that we understand. Now, this is just the first example of him giving power and authority to his disciples, okay? So <clears throat> later on, he gave power and authority to 72 others. Then later he gave power and authority to everyone who believes on his name. So this is just the first example, but I want you to understand that the same power and authority is for us as, as followers of Jesus Christ. So in verse 1 it says, Now after this the Lord anoint or appointed, oh, this is the 70, the 70 others sent them out in pairs ahead of him, so that in every city to place them where he himself was going to come. So he has these guys. He, he selects 70 of them. Some say 72. He selects 70 of them. And he says, I want you to go and preach. I want you to go into the different cities that I'm going to come to. All the towns and villages. Everywhere 
I'm planning to come. I want you to go ahead and be like my front man. I want you to go prepare the people. And here's what he told them to do. Verse 7. <laughs> nope, verse, uh, verse 9. He tell, tells them, whatever, in eight, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what's set before you. And then here's what it says. It says, heal those in it who are sick. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So they're proclaiming the same kingdom that Jesus proclaimed. They were operating in the same power that Jesus operated in. And, you know, when you look at this, all it says is heal those who are sick. What happens when they come back? That's down in verse 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then he goes on to say a whole bunch of stuff. But I want you to see, Jesus said, you go and you heal those who are sick. And then they come back, and what's the first thing they say? Even the demons are subject to us in your name because they had power and authority over the works of the enemy now we're going to go to matthew chapter 10 and this one's going to be um, the 12 but again the same holds true we have the 12 we have the 70 and then i'm going to read another passage that i didn't put in there just in case you wonder if i'm telling you what's right because we got to get it from the bible right not just from somebody's opinion this is what the Word of God says. So chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So this is the authority that he has given them. And here's what he says in verse 7 and 8. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here's the kingdom again. He's saying, proclaim to the people that the power of God is here to heal and deliver and free, to save and to do whatever needs to be done. And then here's what he tells them to do. He said, heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. And so we see that the very things that Jesus was doing he tells his disciples to do. Now, like I said, let's go to uh, Mark chapter 16. Verse 15. Jesus is telling his disciples, this is after the resurrection. This isn't just the 12, this is He's speaking to all of us. He's speaking to, you know, after his resurrection, he appeared to over 500 people. He appeared to all these different things. But uh, 
He's speaking this to the 11, but we have in Matthew 28 another version of this also. But listen to what it says. It says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So it says, these signs shall follow those who believe. They're going to do the same works that Jesus did. They're going to do the same things that he accomplished. And so each one of us has a commission from the Lord to touch people for the glory of God. And it says these signs will follow. We're God's representatives. We're his representatives. We're his body. And so what we want to do today is just very simple. I just want to go through these different areas real quickly. So if, if you've never, if you've never responded to Jesus Christ to make him Lord of your life, to have him cleanse you and wash you from your sins, today's the day you can come to him because he's your Savior. And so if that's, if that's you, just well open our heart to the Lord and we say, Lord, I confess my sin to you. I acknowledge that you've taken it upon the cross, that you bore all my sin and sickness and all the things that you have done. And I just trust you for my salvation. So we have that aspect of it. And we believe that when a person responds from the heart, because what the scripture says, when we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, there's this idea of coming to him and being saved. And then I just want to declare to you today that sickness and disease, that the kingdom of heaven is here to heal the sick. And I want to say that if there's any oppression that you're sensing or feeling that's pressing down on you from the enemy, that Jesus Christ is here to deliver you because he's the deliverer. And he'll do it through people. He'll do it through us today. And that, well, I don't think there's anyone dead in here, which is really good. <laughs> uh, because then we, we could work on this one here. Um, to actually do that. I mean, I guarantee you I'd do that if it happened here. And who knows? We might have already done it once in recent times. So, so here's the simple thing. We're just going to pray for anyone who wants prayer and minister to you in the name of Jesus. We've made the proclamation, the declaration, and now we just need to see it through. And it says, he who believes with nothing's impossible to him who believes. So 
We'll have Josh start his business. If you need to go, feel free to go. If you want prayer for any of those reasons, then let's let's do it. Let's do it. Suzette, you want to come too? Save me 
and the rain and wind stopped blowing, but you stuck out in the same old storm again. You hold tight to your umbrella, well, darling, I'm just trying to tell you that there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. You could see what I see. You'd be blinded by the colors. Yellow, red, and orange, and green. Least of it and others. So tie up the boat. Take off your coat. And take a look around. Because the sky is finally open. And the rain. Wind start blowing, but you're stuck out in the same old storm again. You hold tight to your umbrella, but darling, I'm just trying to tell you that there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Storm again. Let go of your umbrella, darling. I'm just trying to tell you that there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always been a rainbow hanging over. promise to you life and life more abundant this is my promise to you life and life more abundant this is my promise to you
this to you. I will breathe life into you. This is my promise to you. Even when it's dark, it's light. Oh, this is my promise to you. Oh, when death is life. Oh, this is my promise to you. Everything I say is true. Oh, this is my promise to you. Oh, darling, there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Hanging over your head, always been a rainbow. Hanging over your head, oh, this is my promise to you. And it's dark, it's always light. This is my promise to you. Oh, in death there is only life. This is my promise to you. And everything I say is true. Oh, this is my promise to you. Oh, there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. our freedom song. Freedom, freedom, this is our freedom song. Freedom, freedom, oh, this is our freedom song. Freedom, freedom, this is our freedom song. This is our freedom song. Da 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 da
when you're at your darkest. Oh, my love, I'm at my brightest. When you're at your darkest. Oh, my love, I'm at my brightest. Oh, turn to me. Turn to me. Let me shine on you. Let me shine on you. Oh, turn to me. Turn to me. Let me shine on you. And then you'll shine on me. Oh, turn to me. Turn to me. Let me shine on you, and then you'll shine back on me. Oh, 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 The skies finally open and the rain and wind stop blowing and you're stuck out in the same old storm again you hold tight to your umbrella well, darling i'm just trying to tell you there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head your head well the sky is finally open and the rain and wind stop blowing but you're stuck out in the same old storm again you hold tight to your umbrella well darling i'm just trying to tell you that there's always been a rainbow Hanging over your head. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, da -da 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 -da. This is your freedom song. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Is your freedom song? Ooh, this is your freedom song. This is your freedom song. Oh, my sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, my sweet little girl, come running home to me. Oh, my sweet, 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 sweet little girl, come running home to me. This is your freedom song. This is your freedom song. Oh, this is your freedom song. When you look up, all you see is dark clouds. But all I see, all I see, all I see is a rainbow shining over your head. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're 
you're so lovely to me. Oh, come and dance with me, come and dance with me and be free. Oh, come dance with me, come dance with me and be free. This is your freedom song. Oh, my spirit is in the room, where my spirit there is freedom. Freedom, freedom, this is your freedom song. Freedom, freedom, come on out here. Oh, this is your freedom song. You're so sweet to me, oh, you're so sweet, so sweet, oh, you're so sweet to me, come dance with me in my fields of grace, in my fields of grace, come and run with me, run with me in these fields of grace, in these fields of grace, come run with me, come run with me, oh, in these fields of grace, run with me, oh, run with me, oh, 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 in these fields of grace. that have been broken all oh, the things that have been stolen and even the bones that will broken oh come right now in Jesus name come right now in Jesus name you're realigning you're realigning you're realigning the things that were broken in Jesus name you're realigning you're realigning you're realigning the things that were broken in Jesus name Jesus name Jesus' name, Jesus' name, oh, oh, yeah, they're laying their hands on you in violence, but I'm laying my hands on you in peace, oh, they come restore, come restore, come restore. Come restore Jesus, this is her freedom song. Oh, this is her freedom song. Mm, oh, the bones that were broken. Lord, you're realigning. You're bringing them back into a peaceful place in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Oh, 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 right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. This is your freedom song. Peace, peace, be still. Oh, oh, oh. Peace, peace. Oh, peace, be still. Oh, peace, oh, peace. Oh, peace, be still. Oh, peace, oh, peace. Oh, peace, be still. Quiet the storm. Oh, you're quieting the storm. 
for your quieting the storm. Quieting the storm. Quieting the storm. Oh, in the rains pour, but you didn't even notice. It ain't raining anymore. It's hard to breathe when all you know is the struggle of staying above. The rising water lines. Oh, but the sky is finally open and the rain wind stop blowing. But you're stuck out in the same old storm again. You hold tight to your umbrella. Well, darling, just trying to tell you that this whole Hanging over your head. It's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Oh, there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. This is your theme song. This is your freedom song. This is your freedom song. Well, the sky is finally open and the rain and wind stop blowing, but you're stuck out in the same old storm again. You hold tight to your umbrella. Well, darling, I'm just trying to tell you there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. This is your freedom song. This is your freedom song. Wonderful sister, wonderful daughter, you are everything to me, beautiful mother, wonderful daughter, wonderful sister, you are, you are everything to me. stars, oh, the moon and the stars, 
the same to me. You are everything to me, a beautiful mother, wonderful sister, almighty father. Oh, you are everything to me, the moon and the stars, and all in between the moon and the stars. Everything in between, and everything 